This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Thursday, February 18th. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. Good morning. I'm Jeff Nally. Here's today's headlines. USDA advisors talk priorities. Long-lasting damage from Arctic blast and commodity groups fight fertilizer duties. Ag Outlook kicks off virtually. USDA's 97th annual Ag Outlook Forum kicks off this morning, and for the first time, that meeting is being held online. USDA's new chief economist, Seth Meyer, will provide the department's annual forecast for crop and livestock production this year. The meeting will be missing the traditional address from the Agriculture Secretary, since nominee Tom Vilsack is still awaiting confirmation. But the department's new chief of staff, Catherine Ferguson, will be outlining the administration's policies. And top USDA policy advisors, including Robert Bonney, also will be speaking. Bonney is helping to shape USDA's climate policy. Looking ahead on Friday, AgriPulse President Sarah Wyatt will moderate a discussion between some of the nation's top leaders on hot topics in agriculture. Big freeze to have long-lasting ag impacts. The central U.S. and eastward should start to see milder and dry weather returning late this week. But USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey tells AgriPulse the impacts on agriculture from the polar vortex will still be felt up to a year from now. Damage to citrus trees in Texas Rio Grande Valley may affect next year's orange and grapefruit crops, Rippey says. About 55% of the current citrus crop hadn't been harvested yet and is lost, according to the Texas Farm Bureau. Rippey says the Plains winter wheat crop may have been lost, too, and vegetable production in Texas, as well as sugarcane crops in Louisiana and Texas, are at risk. Livestock, poultry, and other farm operations will have to come back from the extended cold wave and power outages. Extreme cold and snow battered most of the central and southern U.S. this past week. Temperatures in the Texas panhandle plunged as low as 20 degrees below zero. AgriPulse Daybreak will continue. After this, located in Washington, D.C., Watkinson Miller has been providing legal services to the agriculture industry for more than 30 years. The attorneys at Watkinson Miller possess a unique combination of knowledge, skills, and experience working with commodity boards and their partner organizations and the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Watkinson Miller is proud to serve the agriculture community by delivering top-quality legal services that achieve cost-effective results. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. Blinken, U.S. can do business with China while addressing abuses. The U.S. can continue to do business with China while at the same time holding the country accountable for humanitarian and other abuses, according to Secretary of State Tony Blinken. That should come as a relief to U.S. farmers because China is breaking records for its agriculture imports from the U.S. When asked in an interview by NPR's Mary Louise Kelly how the U.S. can do business with a country that is guilty of genocide, Blink responded, This has been a challenge for American administrations going back decades and decades, and we have to be able to find ways to do both. Farm groups weigh in against phosphate duties. 
the American Soybean Association, the National Corn Growers Association, and National Cotton Council are joining the fray over a U.S. company's efforts to convince the Commerce Department to slap duties on phosphate fertilizer imports from Morocco and Russia. The U.S. International Trade Commission is currently weighing the Mosaic Company's claims that they are harmed by subsidized imports. A decision is expected next month. We believe countervailing duties on these imports will have a negative impact on the availability of phosphate fertilizer in the United States and in turn adversely affect crop production and farmer livelihoods. ASA President Kevin Scott said in a statement after the Farm Group filed their joint comments with ITC. The Commerce Department has already determined that if the ITC rules in favor of Mosaic, it will levy countervailing duties of 19.97% on imports from Moroccan producer OPC, 47.05% on Russian producers FOS Agro and Eurochem, and 17.2% on all other Russian producers. Commerce set preliminary duties on Moroccan and Russian phosphate fertilizer in November that would be returned if Mosaic loses its case. But companies like OCP had already stopped shipping to the U.S. out of concern they would have to pay the duties. Holland likely to face Senate grilling. Next week's confirmation hearing of Deb Holland to lead the Interior Department should include some fireworks as Republicans plan to question her sharply over her opposition to fracking and President Joe Biden's current moratorium on new oil and gas leasing on federal lands. The Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee will hold the hearing Tuesday, and ENR member Steve Daines of Montana has vowed to, quote, work to block the nomination any way he can, a spokesman said yesterday, including by putting a hold on it. Daines issued a statement February 5th criticizing the moratorium and noting Holland's support for the Green New Deal. On Monday, Texas Senator John Cornyn, who is not an ENR member, cited a Wall Street Journal article that reported Holland had joined a protest against the Dakota Access Pipeline and opposes fracking. In response, ENR member Senator Bernie Sanders said, Great news. We need an interior secretary who has the guts to take on fossil fuel CEOs whose greed is destroying the planet. Keep in mind, if Holland has no GOP support, Democrats will have to stay united to get her confirmed. ENR Chairman Joe Manchin, a West Virginia Democrat, hasn't said how he'll vote on Holland, but he told E&E News he tries to be deferential to administration picks for cabinet positions. Task Force to Advise on Broadband Mapping Rural broadband advocates are praising the Federal Communications Commission for announcing a broadband data task force that will lead an agency-wide effort to collect detailed data and develop more precise maps about high-speed Internet availability. Shirley Bloomfield, CEO of NTCA, the Rural Broadband Association, says accurate data on broadband availability is essential in driving informed decision-making and appropriate distribution of funds. You can read our report on this task force at agripulse.com. APHIS Employees to Aid Vaccination Effort 
USDA's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service is using more than 100 employees to help in COVID-19 vaccination efforts as the Biden administration seeks to meet its goal of administering vaccines to 100 million Americans in Biden's first 100 days in office. Most of the APHIS employees are in Nevada and Oklahoma. Eight also are in Texas, six in Washington State, and four in Oregon, with another nine virtually deployed to help the Federal Emergency Management Agency, which is leading the vaccination effort. Additional deployments will be announced later. Here's today's He Said It. President Trump was right to take a tougher line on some of the egregious things that China has done and is doing that are counter to our interests and counter to our values. But I think the way that we went about doing it did not produce results. That's Secretary of State Tony Blinken to NPR. Well, that's Daybreak for this Thursday, February 18th. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Nally.